When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Grab a blanket and get comfortable. The Grab a Blanket podcast starts in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. with Wings Productions presents Grab a Blanket, the podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. We've all lived through some trying times in the past couple of years. We've had to find new ways of doing things, creative solutions to problems we'd never dreamed of. We've had to revisit our relationships with work, family, friends, and even ourselves. And when things became overwhelming, we had to dig deep to find ways to bring a feeling of comfort, joy, and safety into our lives. In this podcast, we'll explore the different ways we find solace and peace of mind. This is your moment to settle in, get cozy, relax, light a candle, grab a blanket, and spend a little time with us as we explore the various paths that people take to add comfort to their lives. My guest today is Erin Lundy. Erin and I first met when she and her family moved into our neighborhood. We eventually realized we both share a passion for creativity, music, and writing. Erin invited me to her creative accountability group on social media, and it has been a great way to not only help me stay on track, but also connect with other creative people. Erin is a reader and a writer, 
as well as a mom and music therapist who runs a private practice. I featured one of her spooky short stories, another passion we share, on my other podcast, The Skylark Bell. Her story is called My Mother's Ring, and I highly recommend you give it a listen, but maybe leave the lights on. In today's episode of Grab a Blanket, we touch on how to carve out some time for yourself within the confines of a busy schedule, and touch on growing up in a rural area versus living in the city today. As promised, each episode will feature a recipe provided by our guest, so be sure to check our show notes for Erin's chocolate chip recipe. Okay, it's time to get cozy, settle in, the conversation starts now. So, hi, Erin. Welcome to the Grab a Blanket podcast. How are you? Hi, I'm well. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yes, you. Ha- thank you for squeezing me in because I know you have a hectic household. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's pretty nice because we're finally done with quarantining. And, um, you know, I had a second grader who had to quarantine and all this stuff. So I think all of our distance learning stuff is over. So hopefully. Yay. Yay. <laughs> it hasn't been easy the last couple of years. It's been kind of bananas, right? Who would have thought that we'd be here doing all this and trying to figure this out? Right. Absolutely. And I feel like um, just this past few, these past few months, I have been trying to make up for lost time, which is so bizarre to me, but I feel like everything I'm doing is kind of fast forward and compressed because a lot of, yeah, the last 18 months to 24 months or so have been just so out of the ordinary for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's like a Hollywood movie gone bad. <laughs> um, well, before we dive into how we're bringing comfort to our lives with all this craziness, um, do you want to talk a little bit about some of your projects and some of the things that you have going on? Yeah, absolutely. So like I say, I am launching all kinds of different creative projects just these past few months, I am writing now on my blog quite a bit. Um, I still work as a music therapist and I still run a private practice, but because of the pandemic, I'm not seeing clients directly for at least a little, little longer. I'm also starting, um, I started a podcast of my own where I am pushing myself to, um, read more and write more and I'm offering prompts and off those prompts I write. And it's sort of a cyclical thing that I'm, I'm trying to do. I also run some creative um, accountability projects or groups rather. And that's how, well, obviously we know each other for other reasons, but like, I know that you're part of part of that. And that's been really nice just to connect with other people who are, also feeling the strain of the pandemic, but kind of want to keep the whatever creative endeavors and whatever creative projects that they're doing, try to keep those forefront. And that's what's, what's kind of keeping me going on a daily basis. And I really like that. I like to hear from other people and that helps me keep going myself. Yeah. That group is, is really cool. And, um, 
So this group is on Facebook for, for our listeners, but the, uh, the people who are in it, I love how diverse uh, their forms of creativity are. You know, there's a jewelry maker and a person who does crochet and one who does book art. And, you know, obviously I'm a musician and you're writing a lot. And it, it's just cool to kind of see all that come together. And we all identify with each other um, just in, you know, with different ways of expressing that creativity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's so, it's so exciting to, to see. And then I'm, I'm also noticing that like the new people are like, well, maybe I'll try writing again or, you know, trying to come up with different modes of creativity too. And it also, yeah, it inspires me to do some things that I haven't done for a long time. Like music, for instance, just music for my own mm -hmm. purposes, for my own sake, as a, apart from the music therapy world, you know, that's kind of, that's, it's just been, it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, I can imagine if you go into say music therapy because you love music, but then it becomes work, you know, it must be cool rediscovering it, um, for fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And to connect with other people who, yeah, like right now I'm in a string quartet and there, there are three other neighbors essentially neighbors and friends of neighbors and things that so there's just the four of us and we all are in essentially the same like life situation when we all have little kids but we're mm -hmm. all just trying to reconnect with the music that we used to do quite a bit you know in the in our past lives I guess <laughs> yeah and, and you know touching on motherhood um it does feel like there's a before and an after, doesn't there? There's like a, a really clear line of, of, of your sense of self, I think, really kind of gets altered before and then after. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Absolutely. Um, well, yeah. jumping into our subject matter of comfort, <laughs> um, how, like, what are, so you're obviously, we've just talked about music and music, you're a music therapist. So you bring comfort to others doing that. Um, does music still bring comfort to you? Maybe now that you're discovering it differently or how, how does, how does that work for you? Well, if I'm thinking about music in a sense as a, as a comfort, it's really actually pretty interesting because I grew up playing violin and I grew up as a two-year-old, I started playing violin and I played and played and then I started to sing. And for a while there, it was more, it was, it wasn't comfort so much as it was just, um, um, just the daily events. And that's like, like I started to play and I kept playing because that's all I knew how to do because started playing before I had memories formed. And then it was just this really interesting thing, like a trajectory. And then I, um, I, I decided I've like in this past 10 or so years, 10 or 15 years, I didn't use music for any other purposes other than to, to serve clients and to serve other people. But then, yeah, now that I'm a mother, it's curious because I'm kind of reconnecting to the things that I enjoyed musically, like in the music in the musical environment, I guess, um, of my childhood. And I'm also using music in a more like intentional way. And it's so fun to see the toddlers react reaction to all the music and to see the kids. I have a six year old and an eight year old also and a two year old and to see how they relate to music. So it's, 
it's comforting to know that I have, I have this, um, I have this, like this foundation in, in the music. And it's, it's comforting to know that like, I can remember what this felt like when I was six and seven and eight. And it's, and it's fun to be able to see how that plays out with them. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to see, um, like in our children, I I don't know, like when, when my son was little, it really brought back, even though I have a good memory and I have good memories of childhood, but living those kind of similar, say Christmas morning or whatever, those situations with him really brought back it really vividly that time. And so I can see how musically that would, you know, that would happen too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really cute to see the, the two-year-old now he's learning how to do like the motions to wheels on a butt on the bus or, oh. and <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so sweet. So cute. So you're speaking of Christmas. I'm sure you guys are gearing up for <laughs> the big, yep. the big event. Um, and so this may be related to the holidays or not, but are there things that you look back on in childhood that maybe brought you comfort at that time that still kind of carry through today? Mm-hmm. I will always remember we would go to my grandparents' house in um, in Iowa. They lived about six miles or so away from our farm, and we'd always go over there for, New- for uh, Christmas Eve. And there's a very specific <laughs> Christmas Eve that I remember because I have a first cousin and I were about a year apart. And I think we must have been five, five-ish, six-ish, which are the same ages as my two older kids right now. And we got, we, for Christmas Eve, were gifted um, these, like a tricycle and a four-wheeler. And we would, and we like, we rode it around the house. <laughs> oh, amazing. And so I think about just relating, relating those, like that was a very specific memory. And I'm thinking about like these last, these past few years of how, how Christmas um, correlates to, to like my kids and how they, how they responded to the, like very, very similar things from like several, you know, decades ago, but they had the same, they had the same reactions to the big, the big wheels and the big um, writing things around. But I remember that I I remember um, Christmas Eve and I remember um, we would go outside and we would look up and we would pretend that we would see Rudolph and and things like that. And the, in the, in the blinking red lights of the, of like the towers and things up in the sky. (laughs) Um. And I'm thinking about like we'd also have uh, Kringla for Christmas and and things like little like special cookies that are still that my mom still makes and that's always something that I'll that I'll remember or that I, I still get to participate in, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, it's great to uh, at holiday time. I I bake up a lot of things that my family you know, used to traditionally do. And it just brings mm-hmm. you right back the minute you, you know, smell it cooking or, or take a bite. It's, it's really great mm-hmm. how the senses are so involved with, you know, to trigger <laughs> memories. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, now we just jumped on the topic of food. So here we go. <laughs> so if you've had a crummy day somewhere at work or at home or whatever, and you 
I want to feel better about it. What are you looking for in the fridge or in the pantry? Yeah, that is changing. It's ever evolving, actually. Like this past, I don't know if it's the pandemic or what it is, but I I think like ever since maybe the toddler was born, I think all of my tastes have changed and I don't have a staple like thing that I, that I go to at the end of the day, but I do always look forward to just coffee, like in the morning, Mm. like even if I'm sleep, even if I'm getting ready, I'm getting ready, like with my nighttime routine, I'm thinking about everything that needs to go be set in place before I go to bed. I'm thinking, okay. And then I get, I'm I'm looking forward to the coffee in the morning. (laughs) So it's almost like, it's a reverse. It's like, it's almost like how I begin the day. Like that's, that's what I'm excited about. That's what the comfort or the, where the comfort really comes in. It's at the beginning of the day, as opposed to at the end of the day, it's more like, I'm just trying to get everybody off to bed and I'm just, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, I think it's usually just coffee. Morning coffee. Realign, realign, like my taste buds and stuff kind of changes after the, after the baby was born. Yeah. I know it does do that. I, yeah, there were things I craved weird things and just, it, it's, it does so many strange things to your, to your whole being. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I went through a phase where I, I, I do love Indian food, but for a time when I was pregnant, just all the Indian food in the world. And then all of a sudden one day I, you know, I had a frozen little meal that I put in the microwave and I smelled it cooking and that was that. And I didn't have Indian food for like 10 years after that. It's really, really strange. How it was, And it's interesting because that brought me comfort for a while. And then all of a sudden it had the opposite effect, you know, and now it's kind of back. Now when I have those types of dishes, I do like that. It is a comfort food again, but yeah, something that, that brings you comfort at one point in your life isn't necessarily going to carry through you know, it's interesting how that works. Yeah. And I'm, I also wonder if, um, when my kids get older, I might enjoy mealtime more mm-hmm. <laughs> because like, mm-hmm. right now, anything having to do with preparing food and, and, um, actually enjoying mealtimes together is, is kind of, is kind of tricky right now. But I do, I do think that like, I really do like the idea of, it's, it's comforting to know that we all do get together and we make a point to, to be together for the mealtime, even though it's not like super relaxing and super fun, but it's, it's, it's going to be something that we will, will work on as we, as the kids get older and they can tolerate sitting down for a little bit longer. <laughs> it's so hard when they're little, just everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a precious time too, but mm-hmm. it, it is hard. So, well, of course, you've got your family, um, but who comes to mind if you've had a tough day and you want to talk to somebody who's going to make you feel comfortable or, or is it a pet or a plant or some other thing, some yeah, other living my being? Sister. My mm-hmm. sister and I are very close and we speak several times, like several times a week, usually. And she's in Iowa and um, I'm here in Minnesota. We get to see each other, you know, pretty pretty regularly. So she's always been great. I have a friend from college who I also am quite close to. So I have like, yeah, family and 
a couple of like really close friends from college and even uh, even earlier. I grew up with a friend and she and I talk quite often. So I think that's like what's so interesting about the relationships that I that like those three specific people about whom I'm thinking is like one represents the like the comfort and chaos really of like childhood and like just growing up and you're going through elementary school and I came from a little tiny tiny like farm town like there were 30 people in my class oh wow okay know. yeah and she was one of them and I we we grew up together we have done we went to high school you know everything was was like in those developmental years I was she and I were very close and then like as college happens, it's really interesting because she sort of, she went to a different, different part of, you know, the country really. And I, I did the same. And then I picked up a, a completely new friend who was in college. And then like, we are still close to this day. And then, um, when, when I got married just about 10 years ago, he was in my wedding party as well as the the first friend. And then they have this like relationship, this friendship too. And it's, so it's really, I think it's really comforting to know that like, that I have those, those two people and my sister, of course, you know, I've lived my life with her. So that's actually like, that's a, yeah, completely different, a completely different kind of comfort, but it's, yeah, those, mm-hmm. those three people like specifically. And my husband, of course, but it's yeah. just, it's curious. Like I have like these, these points of time and they're represented by these people. And it's really, it's really fun to, to feel supported. And, you know, like yep. you can always talk to them about certain things. You go to one friend for one thing or whatever, whatever I need, I can find somebody. <laughs> you have options. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's great to have those people who were, almost like traveling with you for a part of your journey, you know, and, and to be able to look back and and talk about that. I think of that when I think of my grandma, who's 105. And I say that to my husband sometimes, you know, just think there's no one she can sit down with and say, do you remember in the 1920s, blah, 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 blah. Like There's nobody left who was there. You know, she has no one to kind of talk to the way, like what you just said, you know, talk about someone who was there for part of that journey for a whole chunk of her life. Obviously the latter half, you know, many people were there and are still there, but for those early days, there's nobody left. And that, I don't know, that just seems so lonely to me. There's a, there's a comfort in knowing people who were there from the start, like your sister, for example, I have cousins like that, you know, there's something uh, reassuring about knowing, hey, okay, this person was there. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they saw it, everything go down. They know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And to Love know it. that they have like a similar take on it, you know, you can kind of, you can make very similar. Well, my sister and I have a very similar like um, sense of humor, you know, the just the, like the outlook on things are pretty similar. So it's like a, it's like a, just a different person that can tell you what you already know, kind of. <laughs> yeah, the, the perfect sounding board. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, 
Well, jumping on to a bit of a different topic, do you have, well, you talked about your morning coffee, like, is there a certain routine or a certain habit that brings you comfort that either you do it daily or you do it when you need it? Yeah, now, now I feel like I've got everything settled. So that means that everything's <laughs> going to change in the next week or something. Well, I guess Christmas will change it up. But, you know, with a two-year-old, it's hard to hard to really yes. settle on things. And I love routine. I find comfort in, in knowing what to expect or at least like vaguely what to expect. So I've decided that the best thing that I can do for myself to get me grounded and ready for the day is to get up. I get up at five and I exercise like right away. Like just, just get it done. Like I know Mm -hmm. that it's going to help me. And then I get to meditate like, right. Like once I'm kind of settled, I meditate for just a, just like 10 minutes, 15 Mm -hmm. minutes, nothing, nothing too extensive. And I, and during that time I'm, I'm having, coffee is brewing, you know, and I can, I know that I have that. Well, it's it's usually about an hour, maybe two hours, like maybe that where it's just me and no one's on top of me and no one's like just talking to me or needing anything. And I can, I can set up the day in my own, in my own way. So Mm -hmm. that's what, like, I think that's really, that's really comforting. And I feel like as hard as it is to to wake up and get out of bed at five in the morning especially when it's like snowing out you know it's nice and it's so dark in the morning these days I know yeah I know it's been it's been an adjustment but I always I do and I've been doing it for a while like a you know a few weeks or whatever like Mm -hmm. I've just I've really been trying to make it make a point of it and I'm finding that that just it really helps to know that I can start the day the way that I want to and mm-hmm. like just get myself <laughs> organized to take on three little human beings and, and all of the responsibilities that I've, that I have, you know, to my, to my business, but also to just the rest of the household and things. So that's my routine. I think that's the best one that I have. The evening would be nice to have one too, but it kind of hasn't <laughs> happened yet. <laughs> what kind of meditation do you do? Is there yeah. certain? I use the app. It's called 10% Happier. Oh, have you heard of that one? I haven't heard it's of so it. Good. I love it. It's um, <laughs> the, there's, there's an anchor. Dan Harris is an anchor. He was for Good Morning America, but I think he's since since uh, left that position. But he start, he wrote a he wrote a book about. It's called Ten Percent Happier, and it's all about the idea of just like finding finding yeah, just meditation and how how helpful it can be just to keep you just to like just a little bit happier, just a little mm-hmm. bit more content, just a little bit. You know, it's not going to make you. You're not going to solve all your problems, but it's just like sort of a practical approach. But the, but that app is really nice because it, it take, it brings in a lot of really um, pretty, pretty well-known teachers like Sharon Salzberg and Joseph Goldstein and Alexis Santos and all the, like a bunch of different people, but it's, you get to watch, you can take courses on it or you can take like just one-off little meditations. So it's not, it's just a, it's mindfulness meditation. Yeah. Like specifically, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting. It's 
I think it's great. <laughs> I love Super it. Super cool. Yeah, I had never meditated till maybe two years ago. Um, and I, I just, whatever, started having panic attacks and stuff and mm-hmm. trying to find ways to navigate that. And, um, and I, so I had, I can't remember the name of the app on my phone. I think it's like Insight Timer. Insight or maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's that, yeah. And um, I had to do a little digging, try different things. And then I found a couple that I liked. And I was amazed sometimes, even just two minutes. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like my whole demeanor, my whole body, my just everything was just chill. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. so, the mm-hmm. first time I did it, I went up, I ran upstairs to my husband. I was like, you need to try this. Is it just me? Mm-hmm. And he, he kind of, okay, whatever. And he tried it. Mm-hmm. And and now he actually does it more than I do more regularly. He, he'll, mm-hmm. you know, I'll walk upstairs and I'll hear like, feel the, the creases on your forehead. <laughs> you know? right. And it, it's right. just it's super cool. I, I, who knew? Well, I guess somebody knew, but I didn't know. Um, it, it's such a great thing, such a great tool. And it, it, it does, it brings a lot of comfort. If, if you've never tried it, listeners, give it a try. Cause it's, uh, it's surprising. I agree. Yeah. I started trying to make it a regular thing when I, about, about four years ago. So I've been sort of pretty regular, not, not as much as I'd like, but, but it's, it's nice because it's, it's not about solving problems or like just wiping away, you know, all of your feelings and thoughts. It's about like trying to be centered and and, mm-hmm. and like I have panic attacks also, and that it's really it's really helpful to to bring yourself back into your body, but mm-hmm. also just like learning how to accept that your thoughts aren't necessarily true and they're not, you know, mm-hmm. if, if they're negative or if, or whatever it is, they're not, they're not necessarily true and you don't have to believe them and they'll just pass away like the weather, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's just nice to yeah. have that reinforcement and just all well, that education for one thing, but then like to yes. have it reinforced, you know? Yeah. I almost feel when I do it, at least it's almost like a reset button. Mm-hmm. You know, like if if I was out driving and it's full moon and people are not stopping at stop signs or whatever, and I come home and I'm just like, ah, and I'll just do that for a couple few minutes, you know, two, mm-hmm. three, five minutes, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I'm just okay. All right, mm-hmm. let's let's move on. You mm-hmm. know, yep, yeah, yep. it's it's fantastic. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. so are there moving on to a different a different zone? Is there a place that you go to, to kind of, and whether that's like outside or a different building or a place in your house, just anything, do you have a specific place that conjures up comfort for you? I was thinking about that. And honestly, the place that I think of is the trails. Um, I really took up um, trail running quite a bit uh, this past year and a little bit before, but when I'm running, uh, especially Theodore Worth, like around here in Minneapolis, there's something it's, it's, it's nature for sure. It's also the comfort of knowing that I'm like healthy enough. I'm well enough to like be, to be running or just mm-hmm. walking, whatever, but, but, uh, just to be outside and, and, uh, in the trails, there's something, even though I'm like very aware that there's city around me, it's so sweet to be able to escape it a little bit, even though I'm inside it, like <laughs> I know it's around me. Yeah. But if I'm inside, if I'm running on the trails, I think that's, that's the most exhilarating and it can be like super relaxing and it can be, it's the comfort in, in knowing that I'm, I'm like able, 
able-bodied enough. I'm like well enough to, to be able to do it. It's like, it's so, I think that's super, that's the only place that I can really think of. Like we've moved into this house, I suppose it was three years ago. And I still feel like, you know, we're trying to make it a home and it's hard to do that with three little kids. So, I mean, just, just because nothing stays where you, where you put it. (laughs) (laughs) And the toys are so big. Yeah. They're just so big and there's either, either huge or they're just numerous all over the Mm -hmm. place. So that's, that's a work in progress, but um, yeah, I'd say like outside also the farm. I mean, I grew up, yeah. The farm has been in our family for more than a hundred years. Wow. The house it's just, that's really comforting. You know, it has a, it has, has a, like a tinge of anxiety because I think I'm like the last generation, but, but you know, I have cousins who still live around there. So there's a possibility, but the farm, like the machine shed being in the machine shed, we, we rode horses all the time when I was little, all Mm. growing up and you can still smell it, even though there haven't been horses in there forever. I was going to say, I, I grew up around horses too. And that mm-hmm. smell, you know, even for a while at the park uh, near our house, they would have um, like a horse-drawn trolley at holiday time or during the winter, you know, just for one, they'd have like a festival and there'd be a horse-drawn trolley. And the minute I got close to the horse, it was just like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's just a comfort mm-hmm. in that. That smell. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of you know yes. urban folk would find it offensive, but it's it's really yeah. beautiful for people who grew up with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's interesting. Just this past weekend, we picked up our Christmas tree, and it was at a it was at like a like a holiday event where we also mm-hmm. gathered our Christmas trees trees, and they had a horse, and because it was outdoors because of the pandemic, all of mm-hmm. everything was outdoors, and they have a, like a horse, like a Clydesdale that they just showed yeah. off to the kids and Aww. just being able to like be close to the yes. horse. is just something magical about it. I just love it. Yeah. And it makes me want to want to take my, you know, my city kids and like enroll them in horse riding lessons, you know, totally here or not, but I don't know. It, it's, it, it's so, uh, that's a comfort for sure. That memory and those experiences when I can get them, that's really fun. I, I often tell my husband, like, I'm torn between wanting to live in a place where I can have horses, but also being able to walk to where I can get a latte. Yeah, <laughs> I can't yeah, choose right, which life, right. you know, it's, it's, right. it's tough. I wish if I could have it all, that would be great. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, So Absolutely. I'm curious because it's, it's, you know, snowstorming here in Minneapolis right now. Mm-hmm. So do you, these trails that you go, do you do it in the winter too? No, I'm <laughs> not, I'm not able to in the winter. Well, I able to is I'm not able to um, decide that I uh, can suffer the 5am darkness <laughs> in the, in the winter, you know, all by myself out in the woods. In the woods I yeah. Um, maybe in the weekends, but I, I haven't been hardy enough to, to try it yet, but I, yeah. So, so nothing, nothing too cold. I haven't done any of the trail stuff in the, in the winter yet, but (laughs) yeah, we'll see. I don't, I don't, yeah. The comfort in the, in the winter, I I hope is going to come from, you know, like finding a way to celebrate Christmas and, um, 
with the little kids in the house, you know, like that'll yeah. be, that's all. Yeah. It's a work in progress. That part is, but <laughs> yeah, no trail running in the, in the winter. Yeah. We, we have a neighbor who, um, he walks every day, uh, around the lakes, no matter the weather and some of his, I, so I do not like the cold. Like that's yeah. just, I just don't, I, Canadian wimp. Uh, but, but so I, I see his Facebook posts and you know, his eyelashes are all frosted over yes. and, and, um, that is so amazing to me. It's so, so amazing. Cause yeah, no, I, I just barely go out to the car and have mm-hmm. the groceries delivered and hibernate. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's super cool that, that there's that breed of person that can handle that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and look forward to doing it or and what, and you know, like it. Yeah. It, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it sounds like a story and it's speaking of stories. That's something that you do. You write. So does, is that something that brings you comfort or is it more work for you or both? Yes, actually, that's really funny. I just this past couple of over Thanksgiving, just this past year, we went down to my, my parents and I have this recollection, recollection of, of this story that I wrote in third grade and it had the word overwhelmed in it. Wow. (laughs) That was my, that was the one thing that I remembered about it. And I knew that it was like more than 30 pages long. Amazing. And, yeah. And, and so I, yeah, I've always just been in love with writing. I haven't, like I say, like this past six months or something, I've really just been compressing and like really just <laughs> writing a lot and making up for all this lost time that I apparently have you know, it's, it's gone away, but I find comfort in that. But I, this past and Thanksgiving, I was able to come across that particular, those, that 33 page long story that I found. And then it, it was so, it was so funny to me because my mom was like, yeah, every Saturday you'd sit down and you just write, and you're just a little kid and you're just, just writing stories about whatever, you know? And, (laughs) and that's, that's something that I'm I'm coming back to and I'm finding a lot of I mean it's it's yeah, it's it's comforting to know that it's it's still there and that it that it can that it doesn't have to go anywhere and I'm just mm-hmm. gonna keep keep at it and keep it going, I guess. Is the story something that you could use or adapt or do, you know what I mean? Is there anything of value in there? Oh my gosh. Maybe. I'll have to it was it was, it was a little bit of a struggle to put all the pages in order, even though I did have, <laughs> I did like have the page numbers written on them, <laughs> but they were in pencil. And oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure that it was a, you know, a very linear, I'm not sure how well written the story was. So I'd have to like really reconstruct it. That'd be so funny though. It would be so, interesting. Yeah. 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 I should read it. I, I should try it. to put it back together. Yeah, you never know. Where do you find inspiration for your writing most of the time? Is it just like your kids say something and and you go, ooh, or or does it just, do you have to think up during your meditation maybe? Yeah. Let's see. I, um, well, sometimes it's prompts. Like I, I just really, really enjoy reading all kinds of just fiction and 
novels and as well as creative nonfiction. And that's really fun. But also I hear little snippets of stories that somebody will say, I'm like, Oh, well, that, that sounds hilarious to me in a, in a really like weird way. Like it uh-huh. can make it, it can, I can, uh, I can make it into something very strange, <laughs> pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty convincingly. I can almost always, I can make it pretty strange. So it's usually just like, little pieces of dialogue that I've, that I hear or a little story that I, that I've been told. Um, but very rarely is it, I've sort of been trying to do some creative nonfiction to make some like real events, make them more interesting and like flesh them out, make them, but that's harder too, because even though, you know, like the beginning and the end of it, um, it's harder because you have, they're real, you know, real things that you have to incorporate and attend to. So frankly, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I get the, mostly it's props. I'd say like, if I see like a few, a few things from like, here's a, here's a fiction prompt or whatever I can usually come up with something off of that. And I try to make it funny or strange, hopefully funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I love strange. I love anything mm-hmm. strange. I like your strange stories. So, yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. Keep that train rolling. Well, I'm going to yeah. flip the tables a little bit now. And instead of asking you what brings you comfort, um, and I know you do the music therapy, but outside of that, how do you bring comfort to other people? What's your go-to trick or tip? Or I really do think about my kids and there's, so there's three different human beings, three different people who are developing their own senses of self. And they're all very different people, but I'm really, my, my comfort, I suppose is like, is just expressing, expressing to them how much I love them and in what way, like I try to be very specific and I try to be, um, you know, specific to them. And I try to validate, them like hoping to express to them that all of their emotions are valid and and just kind of reinforcing that because I think that's hard. I think that's hard. If you're not taught that, then mm-hmm. it's easy to never learn it, I think. And uh, so I'm really trying to be conscientious of that. Um, comfort, like lots of snuggles. Like we, we, we're, we really hug quite a bit. It's really, really cute to see how my kids can hug each other. Even the two-year-old is really funny. <laughs> um, and I also, I try to keep in mind events that like activities and things that they'd like to do. Like Sam didn't know that he wanted to be into mountain biking. Like, okay, well let's look out, look for these experiences that you might, that you might enjoy. But as as far as like physical like comfort, we just we do like a lot of lot of physical affection. It's really fun. Um, Alice is super affectionate, and so are the boys. Uh, and I don't know. That's I guess that's how I'm just trying to facilitate it. And like I also really want to provide um, like family family nights where it's, where we're watching movies like for instance like this christmas season we're trying to get into star wars because sam is the age where he's starting to get really interested in star wars yeah and thomas still has toys from when he was a little kid and like that's really fun so we're watching star wars 
um, as a family. And that's like, that's kind of fun. Like just trying to keep, keep in mind what, what everybody might like, but then also thinking of the family as a unit, trying to keep them unified, I guess. Yeah. Well, with the different ages to have everybody find something that's interesting to everybody and age appropriate. And Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and mostly the most the Star Wars we try to you know we fast forward. <laughs> to yeah, it was like scary, but most of it's pretty pretty, yeah. pretty good. And everybody likes tickles. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody, I should say, like not everybody, but my three kids I think that's funny. My eight year old wouldn't. He would be loath to have anyone know that, but he he does enjoy it. He's he laughs. <laughs> I love it. Aw. It's great that you're teaching them about their emotions being valid and, you know, and then I feel, I don't know about you, but after a couple few years of being a parent, I had to remind myself I'm human too, you know, like yeah. there's no way I, I, I'm going to lose my cool at some point. You know what I mean? Like there's limits to how kids will find your limits. That's just, it's their job, I think. But it's great to kind of acknowledge for your kids that, you know, these, these feelings are valid. And I think sometimes we forget to do it for ourselves too, you know? And, and I think that's, that's really important and it's comforting to then go, oh yeah, I'm human. It's okay. You know, kind of give yourself a little grace and uh, find Mm -hmm. some comfort there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In some ways I consider being a parent as being something of a guide, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I might be crying because I'm sad and that's, that's okay. I don't have to hide it. You know, it's, it's just right. guiding them how to get through it. It's, it's the hardest, hardest thing in the world to like really know how to, how to do it. And there's no right way, but there's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just as long as I'm conscientious, conscientious about it and trying to be mindful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we're all, we're all figuring it out as we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, last thing, I don't know if you have this prepared or not. Um, but I do ask my guests to provide a recipe and you don't have to like read it out or anything like that, but do you have anything specific in mind that you think you'd like to share with people? I think the thing that I love the most in the world are, um, chocolate chip cookies because I'm really simple. Yum. No, <laughs> you can't go wrong with a cookie. And I, you know, so I think what I'll do is, yeah, I think that just a, it's a very, it's a certain kind of chocolate chip cookie, but like all in all, it's, I mean, they're, they're like the thick ones that are crunchy, but they're, but they're, you know, doughy on the inside. I think. Yeah. But the big, thick chocolate chip cookies, that's what I was thinking. That'll work. It's always awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Ooh, (laughs) I know a cookie and I'm kind of a sweet tooth, so. Yeah. Cupcakes, yeah. cookies, pastries, you name it. <laughs> they all work. They're all comforting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for carving some time to chat with me. I know it's not always easy, so um, I really appreciate it. Yeah. And, um, any any final words before we go about where to find your work or, or anything like that? Anything you're working on that you want people to know about? I think the best place is um, my website, erinlundy.com. It has 
all of my writing and all of, all of the links to everything that I'm doing at the moment. I do have a newsletter that I that I publish a couple times a month, and it has it has it's I'm gearing it more toward writers and and like people who are reading fiction specifically, but it's also for people who are interested in like recommendations, podcasts and stories to read and um, music. I'm starting to get into like recommend recommending certain kinds of music. So that's something that um, is out there as well. Yeah, I I get the newsletter and I I actually quite enjoy it. So yeah, I think that's really great. And of course, um, I'll put all these links in our show notes too. So they're easy, easy peasy to find right next to your thick, gooey chocolate chip cookie recipe. (laughs) We'll we'll have it all down there. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. It's great. I love that. I love that that just happened right at the end. Like it, like everything got kept together. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. It's like the exclamation point on our chat. Well, again, thank you so much, Erin. I'll let you run and check on whatever that was, but thank you so much. And um, again, everybody check the show notes for all the information and um, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you so much for listening. And a big thank you to Erin for carving out some time to chat with me. Remember to check the show notes for her chocolate chip cookie recipe, as well as the link to her website where you can find her stories and her podcast, Read, Write, Review. Be sure to join me next time as we discover more feel-good stories and tips and tricks to bring more cozy, calm, and happy feelings to your day. Before I go, a nod to Canal for the intro and outro music which is based on a song called The Mess Inside Your Head. Hopefully we've helped calm that mess a little bit today. Take care and talk soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.